listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Joshua Adam William Marvel that with the talent of sexy dangerous the Devonier. It's Devin Seal. Oh, I have a delicious treat in my mouth. That's what she said. Hey. So we start the show off on that path. Uh where do you want to start, Dev? Do you want to go to Last of Us? Do you want to go to Mando? Where do you want to go? Oh, what do you think got better numbers? Or what do you know got better numbers this week? Mando or What do you Last mean by numbers? By reviews or by ratings? By by ratings. Well, I know Last of Us definitely did. Yeah, let's, okay, let's do Last and of it's Us. Hard, it's hard to know the Mando rating because it came out today. Mm. And Disney doesn't um, really showcase off ratings of stuff. Okay, that's fair. Uh, well, well, let's do, uh, let's do Last of Us. Us, and then we can go into a little Star Wars conversation to to round it out. Sure. So um, we missed two episodes, and uh, I can't promise anything. By the way, too, for the finale next week, it's we'll see. We're gonna hope. Worst case scenario, I'll say this: we will probably do an episode on the finale of Last of Us, but episode three of Mando, that's not happening. So for rundown next week, probably won't be in it. There will not be an episode review of Mando episode three but there would potentially be a review for the finale of last of us just putting that up there again with the busy schedules that we have and making everything work all right um so we had uh northland mall what's up back in the cut (laughs) and uh we had uh then we had david become extra creepy somehow somehow they made david even creepier i would say he was the appropriate level of creepy i think we all it, it was heavily implied in the game what he was after. And, and Making whatever. him a teacher, I think, made it creepier. Ooh, I didn't think about that that way. Yeah, I think making him the teacher made it creepier. Troy Baker thinks he's slick getting in the, like, some of the Joel voice once in a while. Mm-hmm. The anyways, mm-hmm. the anyways was exactly in the Joel voice. Anyways. Well, it's just, it's just little, little nods here and there yep. to, uh, to the franchise we all know and love when bella and bella there's like three scenes in this and we've had this but i'm just like fuck she is just eating this role up uh, as yeah oh yeah so i mean we've we've been singing her praises for the last few episodes now it probably took us one or two to really get into it then there's a few things that kind of triggered some nostalgia or just things that were common between her and the video game character uh but for me, the re, like the piece de resistance is her sitting with David in the cabin, in the log cabin kind of thing, waiting for James to come back. Yeah. And she's got a gun on him. And he's, tr- he's like telling her a story, like trying to manipulate her. And she's just giving it right back to him. The, the writing is so good in that. Her delivery is so good at that. Like, the, really, one of the lines that stand out to me was something about how David was. Uh, a teacher now I became a preacher and she's like well so that was like because it fucking rhymes is that why <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that is such an Ellie thing yeah to say I'm so I, like Bella Ramsey like just come on down 
really interesting just in the fact too uh, of just eating everything the, the the scene where ellie has like she's smashing the shit out of david mm-hmm. like that's right out of the game and then the baby girl thing obviously everyone has the attachability too and I, I thought too dev again going back to that podcast from 10 years ago which is unfortunate um because i can't find the archives of that but the uh they kind of did that first person player view of Joel when he's walking through the village and mowing mm-hmm. down people in a way that you and I had talked about. That was like one of the arches of the game. Yes, it was. Yeah, so one of the signature that... one of the signature aspects of the game was was a, a Joel who mostly it seemed like in the game he was mostly healed, and that's probably just a matter of timing and and player mechanics. But having all of your weapons, all of your ammo, and you're just like, you know, I'm just gonna walk down the street and just shoot people. Bullet or the one thing that they're kind of missing though, I believe I use the flamethrower a lot that that in that level. Yeah, that's a that's a minor gripe, uh, but I am really happy. Well, it, it kind of like with the bill stuff, I wanted more infected because that was mm. a scene that I thought kind of parted Ellie and David together was fighting the infected together. So would have liked to see that. We still haven't really seen infected since Kansas City now except for like the one in the mall. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the one in the mall maybe a little bit, but this episode is the more central one on the, on the mind right now. Uh, yeah. And it, it comes to a point, I've had this conversation with a few people that, that are kind of turning around like, this isn't really a zombie show. I'm like, I've never looked at this. And I've mentioned this on pods about the game. I've never looked at this as a zombie video game or a zombie television show. They are infected, but I don't look at them as, I look at them as just more manipulated monsters that, maybe make sense in some ways of call them what you want like call them what you want but the the show the show and the game are clearly not focused on no on the virus or sorry, the fungus i should say they're, um, they're a background factor a, of it's the a apocalypse coming and yeah. even to the part of sam um talking about are the person is the person still in there and knowing that he's still deaf at that point so we know the person is still in there it's just the 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 fungus making them go crazy in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I, you know, and I've seen a lot more of that this week of like, this really isn't a zombie show. I'm like, it's never been a zombie show. Walking Dead is a zombie show. This is uh, a show that has infected people in the background that are trying to get you. But the, the sensual casting is more about the living and mm-hmm. the, the drama with inside of that and what's going on that and, and the characteristics of stuff. And now I'm going to add a spoiler because I have to for this point. So I, honestly, if you don't want to know spoilers for what's coming, I don't even know where to go. Just maybe skip the podcast. Uh, so you know, <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know how to make this discussion there, but from the baby girl point, the, the, there was uh, on HBO, the like, on I, I, I'm here, baby girl. And the fucking comments, Devin, I'm like, this is going to hurt way more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is gonna hurt. So I I ask you this again. If people don't want spoilers for season two, please fast forward now. Um, how many live action episodes of Joel alive do you think we have left? I'm gonna say two. This finale and the pre and the season premiere. Joel has three. You're saying you're saying he's only got two or three episodes left? I'm saying he has two episodes left. I think obviously this finale yeah. is coming up. He's alive in yeah. and the season premiere. Joel thinks they'll extend. The oh, season oh, one sorry, premiere. sorry, sorry. Our friend and correspondent Joel. Yes. 
uh, Joel, Joel Johnson, he believes season two will be more of the background of what Jackson is, uh, the dance with her and Dina, and then setting up Owen and Abby searching. Yeah. And then we go into the buildup of the infected chasing them in in the second episode and all that. I think they're all going to do that all in the first episode. No way. I think they're going to do that like four or five. I think they're going to. I think the halfway point of the season is going to be him dying, and then that's when they're going to go to Seattle. You think um, they can stretch out five episodes of that 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 start? Yeah, because hear me out. Because I think I completely agree with Joel in terms of uh, the first episode, the premiere will be kind of where the game picks off, right? However, time, however much time there was to settle down, find their lives, fit into society or whatever. Uh, we're going to get an episode of. Dina and Ellie. You think you get the museum? Yeah, we're going to get a museum. We might even get a museum. Yeah, we're going to get a museum episode or even half an episode on that. Um, That'd be perfect if they shot that now or if they already did shoot it. That's, that's, Mm. especially at Drum Heller. Boom. What do you know? Um, But then also, we need to have some kind of, we need to have some kind of flashback episode of them coming back from their trials and tribulations of the first game. When and then Joel trying, to re- trying to integrate into society, right? Does Ellie yeah. have a hard time being around normal people, True. living a normal True. life in a normal city? Um, and then her finding love, of course, the stuff with Jesse's that I think important. And that's got to be one episode. With Jesse's uh, with Dina, never in, with Ellie. No, I get that, but just even the, yeah. that relationship of like mm. because they she gets pregnant, right? That's a that's mm. a relationship between them. Right, like that's at least maybe that's an episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that her discovering her sexuality and then becoming, you know, being right with because Ellie. we just kind of just get introduced to Jesse, right? He's just like he's just kind of there. Yeah, and it was kind of like they had already they'd already split up by the time the second game starts. Yeah, because when they're smoking weed and they're kind of cuddling, that's kind of when we meet Jesse. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're gonna get at least two episodes of Jackson stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give me another. You can you could probably tell me another episode or half an episode of the museum. You could probably do an episode of where it's two flashbacks: one of Ellie at the science museum, and one of Abby at the zoo. Yeah, the hotel. I think you save. I think the you do the Joe Ellie hotel with those two people that tried to leave Jackson that killed each other. Mm. Um, but I think Abby Zoo you save for season three. I know. I think if you do it right, you do kind of half and half a season on. Well, because my idea stuff. is, I want to manipulate the viewer the way we uh-huh. were manipulated. I want uh-huh. this to be uh, Ellie, 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 Ellie. We meet at the theater, and it turns, and it's like, what the fuck? And then we go ten episode arc in season three, and about episode. But of Abby's point of view. Seven from Abby's point of view, and I want that uh, whole cliffhanger. Smart. To be, because I want to know in live action what happens to all those other people that went through what the gaming community went through. I want to have that feeling with everybody else and see how toxic it is on that side. Uh, I think you're actually, I think you're right about making kind of part of a season or most of the season giving us Abby's perspective because, but that being said, that being said, what we end up doing is we go down the path of revenge with Ellie. To the That's point what I want to do for season two. But what happens is you she needs to have that she needs to have that trauma 
and that method that 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 means for revenge um to see because what happens is near the end you know near near the part way through the game is we go on this ride with her cheering for her to go get revenge not realizing that she's becoming the villain um so you need to have that turn early in order to watch ellie bella ramsey in this case turn into the villain and then you need a lot of time with Abby as the game did so well of, I don't think they ever really paint Abby as a hero. They paint as, paint Abby as a normal person, like everybody else, just like Ellie was her, who, her, needed, her who wanted revenge. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the more time we spend with Abby, whether it be in season two or season three, people will come to like her. And then what happens is you just, then you maybe, maybe the, maybe friggin' the finale is the finale of season two is, is the golf club scene. Right, where you spend half a season mm-hmm. really liking Abby and half the season watching Ellie turn into a complete asshole or whatever, and then they meet, and then it's like, oh, season three is Seattle. No idea. Could be. Um, I guess but going back for all to we season... know, hey, really quickly. Yeah. For all we know, uh, Naughty Dog has said that they're not going to tease games so so far away anymore. And for all we know, as the show is going on, Last of Us Three might come out. We have no idea. Yeah, and I have an idea for what that could be as well. Um, mm. My question back to season one, and we'll talk about, again, some other stuff, but so if I ask everyone else to play the game, is Abby in some way or form in this episode? My pitch was cutscene, and I just have a girl, back of her head, tank top, run in, scream, dad, and then go to black, and that's it. Mm. So people that know, know, and everyone else is like, the fuck? For all we know, it's going to be a blink and you miss it cameo like what we got with Dina. Yeah, it could be that too. Like it's literally going to be a group of people kind of hiding in a corner or something like this. And you just see her for one second. The camera goes on for one second and then goes off her. Yeah, because we know she's at the hospital. We know she's at the hospital. That's it. That's all. That's all we could. That's all I think. So so you think it's a you think it's a blink and miss. What do you think about my idea, though? Do you think it's given away too much? I think it's a little too like the nose. Yeah, it's a little too on the nose. And I don't think the show, it's funny because there's a lot of times where the show could be on the nose and it's not. Yeah. Um, For for the game three, I would love to, and we're going down a different rabbit hole, so I don't want to spend too much time here, but I would love the idea of Abby chasing the fireflies Mm -hmm. and that, you know, maybe Ellie had heard about this over something and decides to you know, go and chase Abby or something like that. And those Raiders that they saw in the first game, there's more of them. They kind of team up. And then maybe there's a situation where Ellie goes to the Fireflies and say, I know what, I think it, it maybe it ends with Allie, Ellie sacrificing herself finally for the cure at the end of the game, at the third game. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe Liv gets bit. And oh. the only way to get the, the potentially Live? save, the, the save a life is for her to sacrifice herself for Liv. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Now it's funny, like with all this talk of Chat GPT and AI and stuff like that, I sent you this like I think it was last week, and an AI made a plot for the third game. You, you said it wasn't that good, but it was I okay. It was, uh, it was it was, was it was the kind of it was kind of the classic like Ellie goes on some adventure and she basically realizes or figures out that some group is actually genetically manipulating different versions of cordyceps to be like yeah. uh, army of army of soldiers more or less. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. 
it'd be fun. It'd be fun to shoot through. It'd be fun to attack, but yep. it, it, it lacks a little bit of the emotional weight of like, what do you do with these characters? Because that's what I thought. Yeah. Ellie's now hit ground zero more than what we previously thought was possible with her character having lost Joel, have, you know, and, and realizing that revenge is not kind of, you know, was not all it's cracked up to be. And she also lost her partner because of it. So what does she do? Where is she going to be? Unless she becomes like a new version of Joel. Yeah, and she lost her baby too because of it. So Exactly, right? So we, we still have... We you still can even have those... a situation too where those raiders follow her back to Jackson and destroy the village. Hmm. Like the biker gang, hey? Yeah. That's pretty interesting too. I mean, great point. I I'm sure I'm sure Druckmann and whoever else on the writing staff have, have thought these through. And yeah. I would I'm you know, we'll I, I'm assuming we're gonna find out eventually. Yeah. I, uh, I will back- say this though, one thing, what really really quickly just kind of end on this yeah. point. I do not think I'll be that interested in the show if it outpaces the games. I would well. We're running to the problem the Game of Thrones ran into. Yeah, that's exactly it. As I is, is I I, I want to avoid this altogether. Um, if they just say we're going to pause the show until a new game comes out or whatever, I'm totally fine with it. But I don't want to necessarily see season four or five of Last of Us if we only have two games. Pedro, I saw somewhere. Pedro said in some interview. He believes August is when they're going to start choosing season two. And I don't like that because I'm like, I don't think Bella's old enough yet. But I've been wrong about Bella in this role. So we'll see what happens. Well, the other thing too is like, what are we going to, what are we going to get from her? And we also, I, I didn't look into it too closely. Do we know how much time has passed between Last of Us 1 and 2? Um, it was six or four it, years. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of insinuate that she's like what 14, 15 year old years old in the in the show first season. Uh yeah. But she's already 19 in real life. So there's some things that they could do that I think they would be fine with. Because there's seasons that pass with Joel and Abby, uh with Owen and Abby, and they're saying, like, I heard this myth about this town and all this kind of stuff, like around Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh back to the show. Um, any other thoughts from this episode? Well, this was the um, this was the most like the video game. Five years, by That's, the way. For it was five years between. Games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this episode was was with the exception of like one or two set pieces, like I.E. the sniper battle, uh, with with the uh, like the freedom fighters. Yeah. This most made me feel like the game minus, I guess, minus that part, minus maybe when uh, like test dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, test dies. So the uh, just just a great, great the, like the interrogation scene was phenomenal. Very similar to kind of what happens, right? Where you just see yeah. Point of the map. these characters. Yeah, these, these characters who, and we're so conditioned as, as story people to want to want to classify people as good people and bad people. And we just got to see, so Joel finally, you know, heals and blah, maybe he's not healed, but you know, he's, he's getting better. And then we see him do some truly awful things. Like those are not good guy things. Those are not good person things, torturing people. people. 
torturing people, whatever, right? Guys pleading for their lives, like crying out, doesn't matter, just beats the, like literally beats them, beats their heads in. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to go as far to say like, you know, using evil for the right outcomes. I don't think he's necessarily an evil person, but the show, the show basically blurs all the lines of like, what is acceptable. Um, we talk about it a lot, like, oh, like, you know, Taken's a perfect example. Like, I would do anything for my kids. Well, we're seeing an example of Joel literally doing anything to find Ellie. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. And, exactly, and vice versa. And then what happens is you have to kind of look back and think to yourself, like, you know, is that really the right thing to do? Is that what I would be prepared to do? And it's a really interesting question. Um, you know, even we see Ellie at the very end there with the the, the thing with David and uh, her getting out was just a was just a phenomenal little little scene there, especially with the especially with the butcher to Troy's neck. Uh, dang, that's gotta hurt. Um, her taking all of her frustrations out on David and his body was was that her losing her innocence every time she stabbed him you know was that losing her childhood was that losing her letting go of um was that letting go of all the walls she had built up or all of her insecurities or all of her you know the trauma in her life was taking on this creepy fucker uh and then and this is where i talked about the show not being so on the nose when they when she runs out of the, the the cafeteria or the whatever it's called and runs into Joel and they embrace and they're kind of walking out arm in arm, I think a lesser show would have been like, let's get the fuck out of this town. I I hear you. But they didn't. They stayed on the fact that the way that Ellie is looking into Joel's eyes is that of a scared child. Mm-hmm. She it was almost like she was two different people or maybe what had come out of the smoke and come out of the flames of that, that restaurant was somebody new, somebody who was going to be vulnerable, going to trust, going to learn how to love and going to try to lead a normal life because her actions directly or indirectly pushed her to chopping this guy into literally little tiny pieces. Damn. Devin has the TikTok clip of the week. <laughs> Damn. Got it this week. All right, time to wrap up. Let's go. And I do while meeting the Tootsie Pop. Um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it with everything there. I don't think I have to say anything more. I just, <clears throat> I, I, I liked seeing the inept uh, emotional connection, her and Joel bounding it together. And like I said, everything that Bella's done now as Ellie, like that's the Ellie that we, I, there's been mm-hmm. little points there. And that was my biggest concern going to the show is like, will Bella be able to hit the antithesis of Ellie? And even that going back to the mall scene. Uh, of of the yeah. mall uh and even the mortal Kombat scene alone which i was as soon as i heard that i was i watched that's an episode i watched my parents i'm like i know that fucking music and i like stood up and they're like what's your problem like i know that music many You're times like, yes. Chuck E. cheese and easy street yes i have yes. played this game yes. and then yeah and it was it was just so funny too just to the sense of like kids don't know man they don't know like testing out these fatalities and pushing things and once you knew it like Say, how did you do that? And we're just mm-hmm. memorizing stuff back in the day. Or like, remember there was uh, Chuck E. Cheese, or no, it was an Easy Street up by. Uh, this is a Calgary thing, so if you're not from Calgary, you're not gonna have any idea. Uh, but 
going to uh, Food for Less, which is a Safeway back then, uh, near the Sunridge Mall, which had an easy street in it, which is kind of like a Chick E. Cheese. Um, and you, uh, the Nintendo Power had the guide at this point for the fatalities. And remember mm-hmm. going into there and memorizing all the fatalities and going to the arcade. And I was a fucking god. I knew all the fatalities. Like, mm-hmm. how did you know that? And Whoa, I spent my allowance up. money. It was like a Nintendo Power. That book was like four bucks. My allowance was ten bucks. So I spent like five bucks on the Nintendo Power, and then the rest in quarters wow. for MK. But in, in the arcade mm-hmm. back then, if you win, you get people have to start. The one thing is like you lose, you pay for the person's next game, right? Mm-hmm. So just getting a roll of all that going. Uh, so that brought back a lot of memories. Hitting hearing that music and hearing that, and I, I think that mall that mall scene had so much poignant stuff of just like you know for ellie looking at the lingerie and not really understanding like what is the meaning of this or them looking at sneakers and be like people thought this stuff mattered like all the material stuff that they see is so important and and the mall too really seeing the spots like the the walgreens um and all that like being dissipated for stuff right but then like a footlocker and licenza or victoria's secret or whatever just not really having a lot of stuff taken where like, you know, other times maybe people gobble those stuff up if stuff's going on, but in the in the sense of a pandemic or apocalypse at that point. Yeah. Um, people are like, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get those Jordans. I need medicine. <laughs> um that's a phenomenal point. First of all, that was actually an upgrade Skull to that back. mall. That was actually an upgrade to that mall. So let's let's, you know. Clap, clap, yeah, we got, we got the green guys. screen. We got the green screen top level. That would be a huge improvement. Um, the episode, this episode, has a lot of parallels to Bill and Frank, obviously, and mm-hmm. very little of it has to do with the fact of their queer relationships, but it has to do with what does falling in love mean, and is falling in love. Is it different at different ages? Is it the same? Or are the you know are these two children are they more mature because of what they've been through? Um, is love universal? Uh, you bring up a really great point about consumerism and, and capitalism and like yeah that, that she saw the lingerie and was like why do people wear that it's so impractical because they've never had an impractical life. Yeah, they haven't had we a situation go- where they get a night individually to showcase off loving someone. Well, the idea of um, going on a date, how do you go yeah. on a date? I mean, this doesn't really, I don't know if this really counts as a date. It's really hard to tell because they don't explicitly say hey, that. What do you, you want to go to that place that serves deer? What place? Every place. That's, yeah, that's basically it, right? So, yeah. you know, how do you date in an apocalypse? Um, how do you fall in love in an apocalypse? Or does it kind of go back to the olden times where relationships were seen as like a, partnership for survival or partnership for other benefits um and we actually see it on ellie's face all throughout the episode of her getting glances of riley and at first it's kind of at first it was very much like uh seemed like an older sister type thing it was like admiration it was um looking up to them it was using them as a source of like guidance it was someone they're they're their best friends with it was a confidant that they could talk to and then more and more as the episode goes through 
their shorter glances or they're more they're more aimed specifically at parts of her body or when she's doing certain things that seem attractive to ellie and then that's where it starts to turn is kind of that halfway through you know they play mortal Kombat. And she's just watching her kind of for a second mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it's like to fall in love in our world right you go on these dates with people and you do these things you it's basically shared experiences you have and you kind of see if you bond the same way over it and then it leads to you know i don't like i said i don't know if riley's ever planning this to be a romantic endeavor and by any stretch of the imagination but just them having that thing together and then of course having the music together and, and dancing or whatever which seemed like such a childish activity then they were like whoa like wait a second here like there's just I don't know, there was like an unspoken agreement, kind of like Bill and Frank, uh, in the sense when, you know, they, he pairs the wine with the rabbit and he's like, I know I don't seem like the kind of dude, kind of guy. And then Frank's like, you actually do. So he was picking on something that was unsaid. So all yeah. these things are unsaid in these two episodes. And um, just a really, really brave project trail of of a queer relationship that was really you know well done and you know what like if we're being honest in the real world kids this age have those relationships there's nothing unnatural about it and to see it on tv and screen and to treat it respectfully and not have i think a lot of times what happens with these relationships on tv is we spend a lot of time we spend time developing it but then we also spend time from a normal standpoint of like maybe there's a bully who's like oh like and then they bully them right or they do something that makes them feel awkward about it mm-hmm. for these kids in this lifestyle in the apocalypse not i don't have they ever been told it was unnatural or not normal to be in a relationship like that no they don't know it right i mean I, someone yeah. brought up a point i think truckman brought this up in his point at uh, the podcast like so this is happening so the, the the apocalypse happens in twenty in two thousand three, right? And this mm-hmm. is, I mean, around the time for something as simplistic for our age has the OC episode hasn't happened yet mm-hmm. with Olivia mm-hmm. Munn, right? Uh, which not Olivia Munn, Olivia Wilde, uh, which was such a cornerstone for LGBT stuff. Certain LGBT rights weren't known. I mean, were a lot of people that were weren't educated enough yet about those rights. Many gay couples didn't feel safe enough to come out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always question now and in, in high school, how many people did I know that were queer that just did not feel comfortable at that time? Because unfortunately that time it was still not the the quote unquote norm or accepted. So because mm-hmm. of that, they were terrified to come out. So they're living in a culture where their peers that are around them are probably telling them that is not normal to feel that mm-hmm. way because unfortunately there was a lot of kids that were sheltered into that idea at that time sure absolutely times have changed so thankfully i mean and i think that's a beautiful part of having this in 2003 instead of 2013 because there is those different things that get i mean these two never even knew what a text message was or social media <laughs> any of that yeah. sense of the word right and in some in some ways i kind of like that for this show it's uh, um it was more about two people doing what they thought was right more so than what society was saying was normal or, or, or unnormal or unnatural yeah like the iphone doesn't even exist it never happened nope 
Nope. Well, they, they're together and they look at some piece of technology and they couldn't really figure out what the point of it was. And I can't remember what it was now because I watched this episode like two weeks ago, but yeah. And they were kind of um, like, why would you, why would you even do this? Like, this seems so, so unnatural. And it's on, uh, not the lingerie scene, it's something else. Yeah. And it's just like, you're absolutely right. Like, why do we do this? Just because we yeah. can doesn't mean we should, but yeah. and that's a different point altogether. So, I mean, everything's been fantastic. I'm looking forward to this giraffes, baby. Let's get some giraffes, baby. Well, we saw a poster of the giraffes in one of the episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah. you sneaky bastards. We're not even going to get them, are we? Like we I saw think the poster some. of Mortal Kombat beforehand too. Yeah. Well, which which was, I mean, that's true though. There was someone somewhere, somewhere, someplace, somewhere had a, a poster of Mortal Kombat. So I'm trying to think of the time when I think those poor bastards may have only known. Maybe Deadly Alliance came out by that point, but I think the maybe the last. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think the last Mortal Kombat like game that came out that wasn't before Deadly Alliance was like the jacks game and then mortal kombat 4 like for new mortal kombat so i'm not going to correct you if you're wrong because i don't even know you're you're the mortal kombat guy in this podcast so you i'm pretty sure uh, deadly alliance i think that's it i think deadly alliance came out in 2004 though see mortal kombat you keep on going here uh any any last (laughs) thoughts before i just kind of make sure i get this right no i the episode, the episode is really well done. Um, it uh, it was relatable, kind of like like the yes. Franks. But Deadly for a Alliance reason. was the last game came out in two thousand and two, so they got a good game before they went out. Good, good to know, man. Good. Dallin monks never happened, but they did have. To see, they did end up in their lifetime. Someone is out there with Mortal Kombat special form uh, special forces. And Sub Zero mythologies, which are both just ass. Are these games? Yeah, they're like the solo Mortal Kombat games. What do you do in a solo Mortal Kombat game? So, like, one is just Sub Zero. You got to go look at some of these cutscenes, Dev. They're so bad. Really? So so bad. And then the Jax one is is on PlayStation. It's considered one of the worst video games of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah, but Deadly Alliance was good, and then after that we get Shaolin Monks, which is really was which is really good. That's like kind of what the Sub Zero game and the and the Jax game was, but it's them too. And they were supposed to do a flip of uh, Sub Zero and Scorpion, but they ended up not doing that. And then you got Armageddon, which has every single character on it, which is fucking an awesome game. And then you got Mortal Kombat Nine. Oh no, you got Mortal Kombat versus DC, which is not great but fine and then we got mortal kombat 9 and then we kind of go where we are now wow yeah wow i (laughs) i i i knew i can count on you did they they didn't get an xbox then i don't think uh oh one a one was on one xbox i'm pretty i'm i think so yep maybe you're right yeah maybe you're right yeah you're right yeah, because I had an Xbox in high school. There you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, Last of Us again, we've said it every single week. It has exceeded expectations here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exceeded expectations that it had. I think, you know, when I, I do wonder, and I guess we'll put this as part of the HBO discussion here before we go on to Mando and Bad Batch. Um, if they're gonna try to because House of the Dragon is supposed to be summer 2024. 
do they want to keep Last of Us away from House of the Dragon as yes. far as awards go to keep them like like Breaking Bad and remember Breaking Bad and Mad Men had that thing of like we're keeping them separated from each other so they don't overlap on awards. Pretty much. I wonder if uh, Last of Us and, and and Thrones will be doing that. I'm gonna say the answer is yes because when the company makes both of them and they realize how. I don't think anyone could have ever predicted the level of attention that this show has gotten week by week by week. Hell no. You know, if you would have told me, you know, we would have topped out at like 10 million viewers or blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, oh, it's very respectable for, you know, Sunday primetime show. I'm really happy. It's kind of on par with White Lotus. But the fact that it's, it gains popularity every single week it's on where I have, my parents have talked about wanting to watch it and my partner's watching it with, with people. And like the people that have nothing to do with video games are like, I want to watch the show. I have no idea why people want to watch the show knowing it's a video game well, show. I think for us, the Alberta thing out here plays a factor to a degree okay. for us out here. Cause I, every week I get like, do you know where that was shot? Do you know where that was shot? So there's a factor of that. Uh, I also just think it's, it's what you and I always knew about this, that the storytelling in this succeeded the video game. That mm-hmm. this was a game that, Anybody could have sit, sat down and watch you play. The Uncharted games are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that you could just sit down and watch someone play this just for the story. Um, and now I do think, though, for Netflix and for Amazon, there is such added pressure for God of War for Amazon and Bioshock for Netflix now. Because it's it's starting to happen. What I thought would happen is, is about to happen. Of Because the Mario movie comes out in less than a month now, and I do think that will be at least it's gonna be good positive. it's gonna be, it's gonna be good. a good movie and everyone's gonna go like we need video game content what can we do much like for when Mad Men hit and like we gotta do the playboy club and pan am and this <laughs> and this 1960 yeah. every pan video am. game ip is gonna be like can we take this can we take this like what hasn't yeah. been taken yet it's gonna be optioned um which is well we've seen this countless times before right vampires Yep. werewolves zombies um the you know multiple years of magic movies like multiverses multiverses last year this year yeah. next year yeah. really weird at the end of the day uh a lot of people can try i'm never you know i'm not going to say necessarily that i want things to fail i also don't necessarily think that everything is going to do well now we're in a nice little yeah. run because Sonic is good. I would say Sonic yep. is good. Uncharted sucked because it didn't go by the game. Uh, Mario, I believe, will be good, and this is a better line masterpiece. Fantastic. The thing is, though, and you get that so many shows come out, so many movies come out, and very, very few are actually made in such a way that are self-aware, yeah, and know what they are, like Sonic and things that know. And things that know what they are tend to do really well because, and things like, we'll say the last Tomb Raider movie and the Uncharted movie don't know what they are, which then means people take it ironically. Or as soon as you take it not seriously, the first thing is, why would I watch that when I can just go play the game? I knew as soon as I saw the clip, the, the first trailer of Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in that movie, I just said, why don't I just go play the game? Yeah, well, and- what are you actually bringing to me 
that's going to change my perception of something that I already know the story of really, really well. I'm already really connected to these characters are because Tom Holland is the wrong age. Uh, Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a mustache. He's like, he's like totally the wrong fit for that character. It was just a big name hire. So right away, we had all these things stacking against this game. The last of us knew what it was. It brought the original creator on board. It brought one of the biggest actors in Hollywood on board and it showcased off uh, let's call it a, a increasingly popular movie destination that is becoming pretty well renowned, right? Yeah. We just saw it with Prey. I mean, we saw it, we've seen it with many, many movies before, Revenant, oh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But we're getting it now. We're getting showcased now. So there's like seven different things, six different, five, six, seven different things that we're getting in the show that we're already excited for. What am I excited for in the in the Tomb Raider show? that I'm not going to get from just playing the last three games of my PlayStation like I just did last year. Well, and you talked about, you know, knowing what you are. Like, I think that Mario Brothers doing that trailer at Super Bowl with the Mario Brothers animated song, mm-hmm. doing doing what they've done with the website and the phone number you can call in. Again, mm-hmm. I, I think it has so much to do with bringing the creator on. And Nintendo is part of that Mario Brothers movie, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. this has Neil Druckmann and I don't know who the creator of God of War is but I do know that Ken Levine is in charge of Bioshock and in, I've said this for a while like for Bioshock with Netflix unless Sam Raimi or um, Guillermo were attached to it I don't know how much I trust it because they're going to be like oh it's underwater hey okay cool and, the, the, and the, they're going to do something with the big daddy that makes no fucking sense <laughs> and the little sisters, this makes no fucking sense. And I think much like the last of us, there is a, a card carrying way to make Bioshock work perfectly easy, much like there is with God of War, but they always over fucking think themselves and mm-hmm. they go in the way that Solo did for Tomb Raiders. Like we're going to wait to the end. Maybe you'll need these. And it's the two silver guns, right? Or yeah. when she gets the top, it's like, Oh, she has the top. It's, it's not about the fucking Easter eggs. It's about using the content you have. It's it's like having Game of Thrones in front of you. You can go page for page and make good content because you know the books were good. Same with Harry Potter. Last of Us works because Neil Druckmann stayed to the content unless Chris Maine says, hey, I'd like to adapt it this way. And then Druckmann would be like, well, maybe we go this way. And they come to an agreement in the middle to make it work. Yeah. Like we saw with Bill and Frank, for example, whereas something like Uncharted happens, Nobody has any control over the shit. And they're like, well, he's like Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, I guess so. Cool, let's do that. Yeah, he's 15 years old. Why? His brother Sam ran away. Yeah, he cares about his brother Sam. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no attachment at all to There's the content. No point. Yes. Uh, that's, to that's that. We're, even with Sonic, Sonic, for example, and Mario are both different than like, let's say, a Last of Us or a Bioshock, for example, in the sense of it's a lot harder to organically create a story. There is pieces for Sonic and there is pieces for Mario, we know, right? Mario saves the princess from Bowser. Um, Sonic saves the woodland creators from Robotnik and then some other stuff gets way more fucking complicated. So we'll just leave that <laughs> for a while. For I'm, not, I'm, not re- I'm not ready for the Sonic uh, uh, lecture. Werewolf? Whatever. So I think when you have something like Zelda, there will be more of a, a organic story you can tell, right? There's twists and turns and all that kind of stuff you can tell with Zelda. But like with Mario, 
seems like they have hit, uh, at least from the trailer, enough of the right bases of what to go with compared to the 93 Mario movie was like, yeah, that's Yoshi. That's Bowser. It's, it makes sense. It's the Mario brothers. It just slapped an IP on it and moved the fuck on. Well, at its core, at its, at its simplest core, Mario is for everybody. Mario is silly and should not be taken seriously. And therefore, even if they're making everything in Mario's world, a serious thing, the movie isn't serious. And you can tell when that character is like reading off the cue card for the commercial for the Mario Bros thing. Like yeah. that is the perfect sense of humor for that movie because, not because of that happens in the game, but because the things that happen in the game are ridiculous and it's supposed to make you laugh. It's supposed to make your kids laugh. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, you know, The Last of Us. Why did we, why did we get attached to The Last of Us? Not because of the, not because of the combat. Yes, it was very thrilling, because of a relationship story yeah. why do we like why did we like uncharted well there's a couple of great set pieces that you can do in a movie very easily but also because sully and nathan drake are freaking two of the best characters of all time and i do wonder if truckman says i'm taking over <laughs> like we're gonna redo this but i'm taking over and with the success they've had for last of us sony's like okay yeah well we made a mistake we'll redo this uh, and I guess that kind of goes to the HBO part here with the last time we were here, just as we ended the show, Succession has hit its end and Barry's hit its end. And uh, potentially, I guess we're getting ready for the last of Te- Ted Lasso next week as well. Yep. Uh, which is like, wow, that's a, that's a shot to the heart, guys. That's like three big blows to fresh take right there. Well, and Atlanta had ended. Um, Atlanta had ended I, too. Something yeah. I am not caught up in, and I apologize for those that want to hear my thoughts on black culture and, and TV shows for made for and for black people. Um, but things end all the time. And guess what? We're going to have new shows that are, we're going to talk about all the time. Uh, for always, like, apparently this air movie is fantastic. Um, apparently, you know, you know we John have, Wick's out in two weeks, Devin. Yeah. It's the 24th or something like fuck? that. John Wick's out. Um, we King have one Bear, of the things that Creed. Yeah, we have one of the things, the things that I was interested in was that was that war TV show with Barry Keegan on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like that could be that could be like a Band of Brothers, but for a limited time series, that'd be really good for, for a couple. We're for getting a watch, to the right? point like, where there's too much content again. I liked it when we had like one thing. Oh, yellow. Well, the weird sex cult Yellow Jackets shows on again. Yeah, it's on Fridays, so you have Yellow Jackets Friday Succession on Sundays. Well, to be fair, I also have RuPaul's Drag Race on Fridays too, but that's a different there you story. Go. You're you're stacked, you're stacked. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny. Only HBO. We talked about HBO's heater. It's like, yeah, we're losing Barry and Succession. That's okay. Your three highest shows didn't go, which is Lotus, Thrones, yeah. and Last of Us. They're like, we're good. Yeah, and that when they and you know what's funny with with this particular with with HBO is they have a long-standing tradition of 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 art. Yes, at the same time, I think they give a lot of power to the creators and just saying, go as long as you want. There's no pressure that we have to have an eight episode or eight, eight season show because we only have one good show at the time. Like, what's AMC got right now? Maybe the Sodenkirk show that's coming out. Maybe that'll be it. But if not, I guess it's what whatever Walking Dead is out. Or what, and, and before that, or, or kind of co-currently, it was kind of like whatever, however long Mad Men could go for and Saul. Yeah. But 
those are very, very different in the, than compared to Barry, Euphoria. I forgot uh, about Euphoria, too. This fucking well, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Apparently, this other Sam Levinson show is, like, like going off the rails, and people oh, are talking about it. Oh, the weekend one. Yeah. People are talking about it for all the wrong reasons. I am not necessarily here to judge the content of it. I've I've heard of these allegations, but, like, I don't know what to do about them. I don't know what to say about them. I'm just, yeah, it was I'm funny. Did you see the that headline? I've... The weekend brought Sam Levinson on to make it more sexual. I'm like, I'm going to leave this alone as someone that watches Euphoria. Well, that's exactly it, right? So I'm just here to, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. The point is, HBO is on an absolute heater. Um, before we get to, we're going to finish off with Star Wars. Uh, I'll just mention a few in between things before we get to Star Wars. Shrinking's really fucking fun. Is it? It's just, man. I'm just taking Harrison Ford in and just enjoying the bask of Harrison Ford because I don't know how much longer we have him. So I'm just enjoying the shit out of Harrison Ford. And I also just miss Jason Segel in a comedic sense. He had done a lot of cool indie things and directed and all that kind of stuff. But having him back on the uh, the Lakers show last year was really nice. But this is like, I love you, man. Uh, how I Met Your Mother level Jason Segel. And I just missed him. I just missed the guy. Well, there's something to be said about him. We can talk about his career all we want, but he capitalized on the height of his fame yep. and then did what he wanted to do for himself yep. with whatever results. I don't know if they're good, bad, otherwise. I couldn't tell you. Seems, seems mixed. Okay, seems mixed. Got to work with the Muppets. But then, uh, you know, came back and found something he's really passionate about. If the show's working out for him and it you know brings him back to prominence, then it's it's just awesome to hear. Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I think the finale the finale's next week and then obviously Lasso will follow that. And then uh Schmigadoo has a new season called Schmigadago, which is like oh. Chicago level uh, oh. for that. So I I'm in I'm in I, I thought I just I thought I just had like as just like you replaced the cast with dogs. <laughs> So that's that's cool. And then I guess as far as trailer goes, a lot of trailer. Look, we had a big disagreement with Adam about the Ninja Turtle trailer, where he's like, "It's meant for kids." And the Mario Brothers movie, I can see, was made for kids. And what's who cares what if it's made for kids? Well, I'm sure he's gonna be like, "I never, I never really said that." And blah 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 blah. blah. You know what was also made for kids was Spider Verse, and guess what? That won an Oscar. That's very and true. the best Spider Man movie of all time. Yeah, like not by a and by a long shot, not yeah. Yeah, by so a long shot. as you and I have said, as we praise the House of Rogan, quite a quite a lot on here. It's it's Rogan has not taken really many L's as a creative force. I don't I no. don't actually can't think of any that he has taken. I guess the dictator Sa- sausage party. Sausage. Well, it's, it's, it was it's getting a TV show on Amazon. So no way. Wow. Yep. Good for yep. him. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, the cast is awesome. The fact that Jackie Chan is Splinter is awesome. The fact of the casting for Rocksteady and Bebop is perfect with Cena and Rogan. Um, oh, that's Baxter, hilarious. Baxter, uh, the fly, that is, um, it's going to be played by Juan Carlo Esposito. Uh, okay. Paul Rudd is in it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a. Is Paul a Rudd Casey cast. Jones? No, he's one of the villains. Oh. I can't remember which villain he is. I think, oh, he, I think he's the Rat King. Oh, cool. So the cast is phenomenal. The fact they got actual teenagers for it. it, I have such this different expectations of for turtles and the attitudes that each turtle is supposed to have. 
and, and yeah. um I, I I feel in that one they didn't have their like Leo didn't seem to be like the leader per se. And, and guess and, what? Yeah. As kids, you can as kids you're gonna go undergo a lot of changes in your life. Yeah, no, true. I I, I know that. So I'm just, I'm trying to again. It's kind of like when we had the Bill and Frank episode for uh, Last of Us, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm mad they didn't do this and this. I'm trying to take back what my perception of a property is and be open to what someone else's identity of it is. Which is funny because. Um... Seth Rogen is probably just as big of a fan as you are because you're, yeah. you know, you're roughly the same age. You're kind of in the, uh, sorry, my thing's dripping all over the place. Yeah, you're roughly the same. <laughs> Stop. You're roughly the same age. So you guys would have had the same kind of taste in and exposure to pop culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and after this, he goes from Ninja Turtles to Darkwing Duck. So like Seth, stop. But my goodness, my goodness, they made April and Neil Black. How dare they? Oh, I don't even care. It's about it's a- Zero A-O's of- voicing her. Ao's voicing her. That's fucking amazing. Zero and I believe Zero she's, she's 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 black in the last turtle cartoon that happened that had Ben Schwartz and everybody in it. That's kind uh, of been the route they've been doing well. lately. I think she was as well. You know what? I love the uh, I love the choice of actually using teenagers for the voice cast of the turtles. Uh, it makes them seem way more authentic, and uh, it seems it makes them more relatable than just having famous people doing young voices. Yeah, so. and Ao is the voice of the turtles, a uh, voice of uh, of April, which is dope. Super cool. So I'm I'm all on board for that. I'm just trying to think if there was any other trailers or anything. Oh, did you see this trailer? I I, I meant to send to the group yesterday. The new Chris Evans and Anna de Armas movie. No. I'm fucking in. It's called Ghosted. It's coming to Apple uh, at the end of April. And more or less, it's like he goes on this date with Anna de Armas and then she ghosts him. And then he's like, oh, like I thought we had this really cool connection and everything like that. You know what? I'm going to go surprise her and fly to England. And then she's like this CIA secret agent. Like, I'm in. Stupid action rom-com. Let's fucking go. It's up my alley. That is like your three favorite genres from movies. Stupid, yeah, action, I, rom-com. I'm in. Because Shotgun Wedding I fucking love too. I thought Shotgun Wedding was great. You kind of had me until he discovers she's a CIA agent, but uh, we know how great she is in, in action scenes after uh, Bond, so I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, and then uh, what else? Oh, then The new murder mystery with Aniston and Sandler, that comes out at the end of the month. Mm. Uh, the last season of You starts tomorrow, which in my world everyone is just freaking super excited for. Super Apparently cool! I don't know. Mrs. I've never a new Miss Maisel trailer dropped. That's also when its final season. Wow! Everything's ending, except for last yeah, but in Game of Thrones. That's true, but you know what? We're we might get like a second season of Mayor of East Town. We might we'll, we got Yellow yeah. Jackets. Like all these shows that came out in the pandemic, we're gonna get second seasons of. So, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. If I remember, it, we'll get the end. Let's talk about Mando. Oh yeah, like, that was a great Carl Weathers impersonation. Okay, this that first episode was a really cool, fun episode, as you explained in our group chat, Devin. Green Davy Jones, or organic, yeah, Davy, organic Davy Jones, which is an entirely original Star Wars character. She don't get really, really much. 
that whole episode was cool and everything like that. My God, this second episode for the lore was so good. Well, okay, so publications are giving it like really shitty marks because it looks too dark. And now, yeah, what, it, what are your thoughts on that? I never had that problem once when I saw it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you guys have shitty TVs or something? Are you watching on your phone? Well, I watched it on my computer and I was actually fine. Yeah, I, I, I this this thing happened to um, in Thrones when uh, the Night King episode happens, right? And everyone complained that it was too dark. And I remember reviewing that episode with Andy, and we're like, we saw it. We're like, holy shit, this episode was perfect. The night ending for the Night King, that battle was awesome. Everything was so cool, and everyone's like, it was too dark. I'm seeing the same thing today with this Little Mermaid poster. I'm like, it's not bright enough. It's too dark. I'm like, oh my god, like. I, I mean, number one, they're in a fucking cave. <laughs> mines, actually. Caves, yeah. mines, tend mines, to be dark. Same, same thing. Yeah, no but kidding. That, hey, that's part of it. I, I, I never had a problem with it. We saw the fucking Mythosaurus. Get the fuck over yeah. yourselves. Legends canon is rising from the ashes. Mara Jade's gonna be back at this fucking rate. Oh my! Don't get me started on Mara Jade. Like, honestly, at this rate, I'm starting to think that Mary Jade's going to be back, that we're going to get Satine in a flashback. Like, let's go. Well, Satine is canon because she's part of the Clone Wars team. I know, so but live that's... action Satine. That would be that would be rather cool. I can't, I'm Bo-Katan really su- beating the fuck out of people with the dark saber and freaking yeah, uh, Din crushed... being like, damn. So... Is this the start of a relationship? Are you gonna start standing the relationship now of Bo Katan nah. and, and Din? Or are they platonic friends? I think they're platonic, but you may I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I think I don't know. I she was, was like when she when was the, doing when some stuff, eyes. She was doing some eyes. No, I, I think there's a point though, came. too, dude. There's a point of this too of Bo kind of going through the action. This goes back to Rebels, right? Of in Rebels when I thought she was gonna take the Darksaber, but then I kind of realized. Because Sabine gives her the Darksaber, and I think she knows she does not want to get it that way ever again, because she looks at herself as bad luck. She blames herself for taking that Darksaber as part of the downfall of Mandalore, right? and blames herself on the history and the legacy of Mandalore a little bit of herself. So I think when she reads the... um, When she reads the cantation or whatever, the plaque about the Living Waters... And I think even mm. when she sees Din go down into living waters, a part of her brought her back to her childhood and to her parents yep. and her legacy and what she meant to Mandalore. And I think for a second, she kind of recouped in her mind. And then I think rising up and seeing the Mythosaurus also re-energized all of that. Like when I was done that episode, I'm like, you SOBs, I need to see the Mythosaurus. Where's episode three? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how big is this thing? Like, really big or, like, really, really big? Yeah. So, I think I think that's a great point. And, she and, struggles with the idea of being a leader and yeah. or if she's fit for being a leader and or is being a leader something that is learned and developed or something that is passed on because you wanted in the fight with a fancy sword that's the thing that is a thing um and she's perpetually beating herself up and the guilt that weighs on her for how the 
how the empire responded to them really weighs on her. And she feels personally responsible for the fact that her civilization is no more. I would say these first two episodes, Devin, I think you're well enough uh, ingrained in Star Wars stuff. These two episodes told me you need to fucking watch Rebels. Because okay. between the Purgle in the, in the, yeah, in the, well, the, Purgle, in the first yeah. episode, which the Purgle, for those that don't know, is more or less how Ezra got rid of Thrawn. Um, so that that played a huge factor. And then everything with Bo-Katan and Mandalore and the Darksaber that mm-hmm. we had previously seen, that'll come into a factor now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There's a lot of Rebel stuff in these first two episodes. And it's interesting. Uh, there's a report that came out yesterday. Um, Favreau and Filoni got in a big fight with Kathleen Kennedy and with uh, Chapek. Uh to the point, like, Catherine Kennedy is the reason, apparently, don't take it as gospel, but that, that Grogu's back. And that Grogu was shooed into those Boba Fett episodes. Mm. Favs, Favs and Filoni did not want him back, Grogu back, for a while. They wanted him to tr- keep training with Luke. They wanted him to keep training with Luke, and then and then Mando go and do his thing. They wanted to so, tell him. And you can kind of tell, because Grogu is still kind of, the Grogu story is done. And now he's just kind of an accessory in some ways. Like yes. it's cool to see him use the force and everything he did to get Bo-Katan in this. But at times it's like Grogu doesn't make much more sense in this story other than being an accessory. And that's, well, that's all it is so far because yeah. the story's out. The story's clearly outpaced the original idea, which was a bounty hunter with a yeah. living bounty. Yeah. Um, we're changing it now to, it's, it's, it's the, the the end of Rebels now. Like for these next three, it's everything after Rebels now is what's going on with Favs and Filoni. And it, that was a vehicle to then unlock Mandalore stuff to then bring in the resurrection of Mandalore yeah. in whatever way possible. And I am so here for it. Who would have thought some, some side character in Return of the Jedi just would have turned into basically <laughs> all of this, but here we are. Uh, we um, we have been eating pretty good as Star Wars fans a lot. I mean, this this the back to back um the clo- all the clone stuff now that's building up in Bad Batch has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff with Crosshair, the episode that just happened. I know we're jumping all over the place, but whatever. Like the stuff with Team Mayday again was cool. Um mm-hmm. like the stuff with him and Crosshair, and now Crosshair's probably gonna get his chip back in his head, I'm assuming. Uh, I think it's even- I think it got disrupted. Yeah, I think it did too. And then the stuff, and then the other stuff with the monster that they're trying to get with the Genosans, that stuff is all dope. Like, I'm just like, man, we are eating right now. I know we had this whole thing where uh, Feige's and Patty Jenkins Star Wars movies are canceled. I, I personally think you don't even, don't even do Taika's film. I think the best cause, uh, Dev, is you have this season of Mando, you have ah- Ahsoka, you have Skeleton Crew and Acolyte, which are all somewhat connected. You build up to that, and whatever the ultimate theme is against Thrawn, that's the fucking movie. You'd think so. That seems like a great idea. Because you and build up all, we, all these characters. And for all we know, that is the plan. Yeah. Um, for all, like, I, I'm not going to try to predict. I mean, we did that with the DC movies like 10 years ago. We were trying to predict all yeah. the things that were going to happen and were wrong, then yeah. kind of right, and then wrong again, then kind of right again. Um, the Mandalorian is the perfect um, 
vehicle for how Star Wars is supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. It exists in a timeline that has a lot of open-ended questions and a lot of different ways you can go. You're not really bound by any kind of connection to Skywalkers or anything like that. No, and uh, there's, a, there's a theory too, Dev, of uh, Legends has this, so you could correct me, I believe, of the thing called outer space. Like, like there's an outer rim of space that's not connected to where the sequels and everything could be that's beyond right. everything. So all this stuff with Jin and Ahsoka and all that stuff, it could be happening the same time as Force Awakens and Last Jedi, but now it's on the outer side of space now. I mean, Luke is, it, it, they said him and Grogu trained for what, five years, they said? No, Two it's years? one year. One year. One so year. Luke hasn't probably doesn't going to train Ben for what, another four to five years? Maybe longer. Oh, at least. Yeah, at least, right? Yeah. I, it's not that it's not that it's outer space. It's the it's just the idea that you can have these great stories without having to rely on Jedi, yeah. and you don't have to always have a lot of uh, cameos to make shows good. And we've talked about this a lot. We talk about those Marvel shows, talk about Star Wars shows, whatever. Yeah. But what happens is what what this show is really doing is it's it's not it's not filling a hole that we desperately needed to be filled. It's connecting pieces and filling in a hole that we all kind of wanted as kids, but kind of forgot about. Mm-hmm. Mandalorians, right? And then we then we saw in Clone Wars, and we're like, hell yes, there's Sundari, the city of Mandalore. Oh, hell yes! And then the last season was was the siege of Mandalore. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Then we got the clip of the Night of a Thousand Tears, and it was just like, this is how you develop things in Star Wars. It's just, it's just. Bits and pieces all over the place, right? So we don't we we kind of are getting it with Andor, which is going to lead into Rogue One, right? Which is going to make yeah. those relationships and that show and that movie even more special because of the care and the network of things that tie to it, not the yeah. Easter egg, but the things that tie to it. Exactly the same way why we look so fondly on the prequels is because of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Full stop. Yes, there's a little bit of nostalgia to it. But we basically just saw last year and Tales of the Jedi also make the prequels even better too. So we have all these different things that Star Wars does really well that makes our nostalgia for the classic movies even stronger. Uh, learning about Mand- learning about Mandalorian and Boba Fett makes Return of the Jedi, even though Boba was in it for like, what, five scenes, that much cooler. Yeah. That's what we Can need we- to do. And then what, what happens with the new trilogy is... They spent so much time copying Star Wars without adding to Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight now, you wish that we were where we are with Ben and Ahsoka and Sabine and every and Ezra and everybody, and that Fabs and Filoni would have been in charge of this, because I think number one that would have been they would have, but Filoni is is more or less Lucas Junior, right? Like he. Uh, Freddie, I think, said that he thinks that Filoni knows more than Lucas does about Star Wars. Um, Yes, he does. So it would have been better if they were able to adapt it. There is this weird thing going on where Last Last Jedi is looked at way more positively, which I know you and I are not on that that board. There's stuff about Rise of Skywalker I like more than most people, and I know that's not the most popular thing either. Um, So there's There's one or two cool things about it. Yeah, I mean, somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow, <laughs> if only we ever. Only if I played how. Fortnite. Only yeah, I played there. Fortnite. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I can't wait till Faz and Filoni wreck on and make the sequels all perfect to make them work. 
And you know what, that's kind of what might happen, right? And I mentioned this, you know, a year or two ago, when Luke made Grogu choose between Mandalore and being a Jedi, that may have been his first big mistake into becoming the flawed Jedi that we see in the movies. Yeah. Even though I personally can disagree with the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy being a bad representation of the character. So it's a yeah. difference where I'm not going to get into it now. Let's touch on Bad Batch for a second here. Uh, so I don't think we've seen Mayday before. Uh, but that him? episode, Is well, I mean, they all bone? look the same. They all look yeah, the same. But, yeah. um, but that's such a great episode because Crosshair didn't have to do any. Crosshair wasn't the bad guy. No. And he ended up realizing or experiencing not anything that his actions did to cause that, but that the Empire is doing things to people who don't deserve it. Yeah, great point. And, and, and that's, that's, what's, that's what's been making him think, right? He got, re- he got rescued on Camino because there was brothers. But he got rescued by a random clone who, yes, is his brother, who he met two hours ago, who wanted more for him. Yeah. Well, so that's that's why that's why Crosshair is becoming a pretty good character in this show. Really? Because he's nuanced and he's layered. He's not necessarily a bad guy. We just kind of talked about the, the morality of good and evil with Last of Us. He's not necessarily a bad guy. He doesn't find necessarily a, a good guy. Time. He doesn't, exactly. And the next time we see him, could be with the bad batch and he could do something good. But he could also leave them again, do more things for the Empire. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea in this too, Dev, of that it seemed like they were departing themselves from Sid. Which was kind of nice mm. to like kind of get out of the monster of the week situation. The stakes are getting higher. Yeah, and I think this is kind of what happens in the original Clone Wars, the the show, right? You, you, those first is a lot of monster of the week, and then they start building up of, of Maul and all that kind of stuff. And they have like more... three or four, three or four episode arcs of like, okay, we need to advance the war. Then yeah. it'd be an episode of R two D two. Then it'd be like three more episodes of like the Jedi's and the clones. That it would be. An episode on droids. Yeah, they're figuring their way out. And this entire backstory of the troopers taking over and the clone troopers being irrelevant yeah. and the the one line that the Imperial soldier had of like, I don't like to use use product was like, oh, that's such a terrible Like you're, disp- you're disposable it. to me and this is yeah. worth more than you. Yeah, that was, it was really interesting. Even Crosshair was, shooting the officer was like, Crosshair, what did you do? No! It was. It, and was that the right thing to do? Uh, was it the right thing for him to do? Or is it the right thing in the moment? You know, what is he have, what is he going to do now? Yeah. Um, so is he going to be... Uh, he's on the run now. Is he going to be on the run and join the Bad Batch because he wants to or because he has to? Well, first he's got to get out of this clinic where they think they might put the inhibitor chip back in. I don't know. That's a a great theory. I have no idea. I don't think so because I think he was just starting to become really nuanced as a character, but that would make a lot of sense and having him kind of always fighting the trauma of, you know, Order 66. I think they're going to put the inhibitor chip back in him because the Camino said that if you get Omega, we'll help you out. And he, they, because now that he's in the position he's in, he may not want to cooperate, but if they put the inhibitor chip in him, he it will make him want to hunt down. The There's no choice. Yeah. And then no get choice. Omega. 
Omega has like Omega has some connection between her and that beast and making the Caminos work on that beast. Right. Right. I don't know. Cool. It was a cool episode. It was a really, it was just, it was just, uh, it was bad. Star Wars is just taking wins lately. It's just taking, I mean, you, I dare to say right now, Star Wars is at a higher level than Marvel is right now, as far as, as, oh, absolutely. uh, As far as, uh, acceptance level, let's just say for content. Well, it's also coming, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars just came off of, let's call it, you know, let's, let's kind of go, three, four, you know, two, three years, maybe we're coming off of final clone wars, tells the Jedi star Wars visions. Um, I don't really know if squadrons had a lot to do with, with impacting popularity of star Wars. No, uh, of course, Mando season two with Luke Skywalker. And then a little bit of Boba Fett with Luke Skywalker was just like pff, right to the top. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Meanwhile, mean, and then Obi-Wan. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Obi Wan was huge. Andor was, and then Andor was a critical success, which was pretty cool. People are and comparing then, shows to Andor. There's like, it's not Andor. Meanwhile, Marvel's come out with Falcon Winter Soldier. It came out with, uh, you know, the Hawkeye show. It came out with Moon Knight. It came out with She Hulk, which are all things that we liked, but we can also say are flawed. But I can also say confidently are being treated unfairly. Like the fact that people are still roasting She-Hulk for a twerking cutscene is really ridiculous because it's actually a pretty good show. Uh, but we're also coming off of Wakanda Forever, which I'll, I'll still, I still believe is not that good. Uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania, Eternals, which are all kind of mediocre movies. And then Thor was kind of a mediocre movie. So like they need a big, they need a hit in a really, really big way with a marquee character. And so well, hopefully it's Guardians like- 3. Guardians is safe. Yeah. Secret Invasion should work and that could get them back on track, but you think so? There's there's still Echo is a gamble. But I think Echo might work just with what seems to be piling up for Daredevil that Echo will be kind of the pre-show for Daredevil to set up everything right. with Daredevil. Echo can be her own thing, but it's going to be a lot of Daredevil, there's going to be Kingpin and Kingpin and then to set up what's going to be for there, but if you ask me right now what I'm more intrigued with overall this year, like if we if we did our our rankings as far as the standings of the genres that we talk about right now for what they yeah. have coming out, quite honestly, it's Star Wars because Ahsoka and Acolyte are both coming out this year. Uh, and then I'd probably say DC because of The Flash alone and this Penguin show that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd probably say Marvel at the end. The only thing I can say I'm super excited for, there's two. I'm excited for Guardians and I'm excited for Secret Invasion. But mm. my after seeing that Flash trailer, that succeeds at anything that Marvel has. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I don't know if you asked me about this five years ago where we'd be at coming off of you know Rise of Skywalker or Last Jedi and then seeing where Marvel was at, I would have thought you were crazy, but Things can change really quickly, and and even as we saw with, I know you're not a huge fan, but the Batman and then the Joker show, or I'm sorry, the Penguin show. Even the Matt Reeves Batman franchise looks pretty looks pretty sturdy. That's what I'm saying. This Penguin thing is I I like that Batman more than I, I know others like it more than I do. I I thought it was good, but everything that we got showcased for the Penguin this week, I'm like, this is amazing. 
who would have thought you know what's funny is uh i don't have much more to say on on these topics but uh colin farrell 20 years ago right after that phone book movie or phone booth movie or whatever it was mm-hmm. or swat or whatever where people were trying to make him the next action star and then you know some the substance and stuff like that substance abuse and, and kind of going up and down and him kind of bottoming out as an actor in, in true detective within the yeah. last like three years is just like on fire and it, i think it all kind of started with the gentleman the guy richie movie mm-hmm. where he really really crushed that role not because he was convincing as a boxing instructor but it's just he was fucking hilarious and then we get we kind of well i guess maybe it depends if you count in bruges in that kind of little uh upward trajectory or not but in bruges uh the gentleman banshees of inner and and now the penguin i think he's coming in he's gonna be in something else coming up soon here it's just like damn like i'm ready for a, i was always ready for colin farrell but i'm ready more so now um so yeah i'll just uh one more thing and then we'll get out of here but yeah uh mando just fantastic i don't know that ign thing by the way just sparked a lot of <laughs> content on. Twitter. i don't know you know what's funny is i don't know if it was fantastic because i really didn't like some of the dialogue in it i thought it was kind of stilted and kind of juvenile it was like an eight it wasn't a five though it was like an eight but or you know seven. what like the droid the droid monster of the week really cool had a lot of shades of grievous you know what he reminded me of talking that? about you know what a new hope the little guy that comes through the garbage chute is like an evolved version of that very there you go like whatever whatever he comes from whatever kind of inspiration he he brings to people uh just a cool original design idea watching watching the dark saber just cut through it like a hot knife through butter was the best because lightsabers are the best and it's yep. really interesting seeing how hard it is for din to control it but for how easy it is for bo katana control it is really mm-hmm. cool too um that's just me anyways i don't really understand why i didn't fell into the lake so fast was he pulled under or did he just can't swim i think we'll the mythosaurus pulled him i think the mythosaurus pulled him well i i get that but it's just like it's yeah. just kind of funny like that was a little that was a little ridiculous but uh it was just cool seeing the mythosaur so the i, I kind of give that part the pirate in episode one was my least favorite part so far of mando he looked cool though. His ship was really cool. His yeah. ship was really cool. So I guess it's, um, it's not bad to have something original, but it was just like, okay, Davy Jones. That's that's what I thought too. I was like, wow, this is really obviously just Davy Jones in space. But yeah, um, like there's things that get full marks for me. The way that you know the, the setting and the way that Sundari looks, full marks. The glassing of the planet, how all the how all the the sand has been turned into just this green glass from the thermonuclear bombs, full marks. Uh, the droid design was was pretty cool. R five was cool. The dialogue so so, uh, but it's just great seeing and and the Grogu stuff honestly is a little so so, but yeah. uh, still cute as hell. As as you mentioned, yeah, like him kind of de- you know developing into an actual character would be nice at some point in time, even though he's so so young compared to you know Yoda. But yeah. uh, overall, I mean, it's off to a better start than Boba Fett. Yeah. Um... So yeah, uh, good week for content mostly overall. Uh, I don't know. I want to try to do an Oscar pod with Adam. We may not. So I just want to run through the the the, the main awards really really quickly here. Uh, I guess before I do that, did you hear the Chris Rock special at all, or see the Chris no, Rock special? No, but I want to. I it's on my list of things. Still not good? the best Meghan Markle disc that I've seen. 
Meghan Markle does. South Park has had the best Prince Harry and Meghan Markle diss and probably the, the funniest thing I've laughed at this year. So I'll okay. give you the setup really quickly here. And they're, they're suing South Park, by the way. Of course they are. Um, so they have like this thing where like they go into some talk show, right? And Markle and 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 the prince are sitting down and everything like that. It's like, so Prince Harry, you have your new book. It's entitled Wah. <laughs> I laugh so hard. That's it, hey? That's the joke. It was just wah. Because then in the rest of the episode, they're just like, We want our privacy. Give us our privacy. And it goes back to when remember when I talked to you about watching that two park thing on netflix and they're like we're so glad we get to be left alone and then there's this camera crew following them to the beach yeah it's just like why are you doing a tv show yeah i think everyone's kind of had enough of their shit yeah um yeah. so south park just destroyed it it was it was one of the be- it's the thing i'm just really thankful for south park matt and trey somehow just every year still hit everything off perfectly i don't know how they still do it they're it's, just it's crazy pieces, i guess they're just the just the best they're just the best so i thought that was really funny but chris rock has a joke about Meghan markle he talks about the slap in there well, obviously. And, uh, and jada came back today and said i didn't think it was appropriate that he made fun of us I'm like oh my god jada shut up yeah you, i think i heard like a one one minute clip about the amount of damage that like his stuff caused but then you know will will like interviews his wife about him about her cheating on him like you want yeah. about damage being caused like isn't that embarrassing isn't that damage well he but had a line too like, of like at the one oscars he went to he made a jada got mad because the jada didn't jada will didn't go because will didn't get nominated for concussion and chris rock made fun of it and now will gave him a concussion mm. Pretty simple joke. Yeah. It, it was good. It was a really good. I mean, it it's good to see guys that are, you know, the top of their class, whether it be a Chappelle, whether it be a Chris Rock, you know, prior back in the day, Robin Williams, uh, to see them still have their fastball as far as things right. go. And, you know, for Netflix, it was the first live special they've done from everything I've heard. I could be wrong, but I've I watched it on demand, I guess. That's what you say for it be on Netflix, not live. Um, I thought it was I thought it was funny. I laughed at quite a handful of stuff on there. So it's uh it was cool to see Rock still doing his thing. Well we got we got Smetty Murphy this year and we got Chris Rock this year. So that's a pretty good year all to get all things considered. Mm-hmm. So uh all right. Uh Oscars, like I said, speaking of Chris Rock, which man, Jimmy Kimmel's just gotta get that joke out of the way right away, right? Mm. Or is it just too late and for and you just leave? He has to do a joke because people are going to be expecting it. I know it's well, low hanging fruit. I think that is going to be the joke. Is he might have a lot of one liners lined up that are going to make it sound like he's going to make a, a Chris Rock joke. Yeah, and he's going to make a joke about something else, which should be funny if he, if it goes through that way. Yeah. And then at the very end, he makes like he makes a Will Smith Chris Rock joke. So look, I want to try to do a pod with Adam about this because he'll have more in depth than either one of us can do. I fully admit that. And I think he's seen all of all of these, and I have seen over uh, over half of them. But uh, so good. best picture, best picture, we have everything all at once. Everything. Top Gun, Ban- Banshees, All Quiet on the Front, on the Western Front, Fablemans, Elvis, Tar, Women Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and Avatar. Triangle of Sadness is starting to gain steam in the last week. 
Yeah, but I don't know how you compete against everything. I really I don't know how you compete against that. But then again, they love movies about movies. So we can find the betting odds for these. Come on, Elvis, collect your prize. Oh, God. What are you guys talking about? I always talk like this. What do you mean? <laughs> I never change my voice or anything. I always talk like this. Did you watch all of Elvis? Yes. Wow. And was it good? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, the, the leader right now is everything all at once. Yeah. I'm not going to try to overthink any of these. Yeah. Best director, um, the Daniels, their favorite right now against Spielberg, Todd Field for Tar, uh, Martin McDonough for Banshees, James Cameron for Avatar, and Joseph Kowalski for Top Gun. Yeah, Daniels. Best actress, um, this seems as a two-woman race between Kate Blanchett Michelle and Yeo. Michelle Yeoh. Kate yeah. Blanchett's the favorite right now. I Tar, right? See Michelle win it. Yeah, it, it seems like hers to lose, but I'd love to see Yeoh get it. Yeah, I don't have enough. I don't I haven't seen Tar, so I can't really compare it side side. Uh, I would put money down one thirty two. I put money down on Michelle Yeoh. I don't talk about betting in public, so I'll just say uh, I think yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, best actor, uh, it's Frazier versus Colin Farrell. But man, if if freaking Butler wins this, that's everyone's worst. <laughs> that's the us. dark. So he's a dark horse, correct? Yeah, he's the dark horse. But he's been really he's... campaigning for it. Yeah, he's been campaigning hard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actress. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty overwhelming favor with Angela Bassett, and then the next best dog would be Jamie Lee Curtis. I think it's Bassett. It's a. It, I mean, I say career achievement, so that could be the same for Jamie Lee Curtis as well. And that's what I've heard. What's uh, what's the Bassett role again? Is it Wakanda? Wakanda. Hmm. Is her crying really loud for like three or four scenes in that movie really like Oscar worthy in my opinion? She she she's the best part of that movie. Her and Neymar are the two best parts of that movie. I don't know. The Michael B. Jordan part's probably the best part of that movie, yeah, that if one, I'm that being honest. That's pretty good too. Uh, also, Tough shout one. to Hung Chow for uh for the whale who was in the menu and I thought was awesome in the menu. Oh really? She's the I haven't seen she's it yet. like the she, you ever saw the menu? Not yet. Oh, okay, I'm busy, okay. Um, but I think I mean it, it's it's one of those two. Okay. Um supporting actor K1 K1Q. Yeah. K1Q. I, I think it's gonna be him. Brandon Gleason is there, but the overwhelming favorite is him is short round right now. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, he's one he's literally won every he's the only actor. That's won everything. Like, there's been a split in the yeah. globe. There's been a, a split in the SAG. He has won everything. That yeah, just 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 give it to him. So there you go. But you don't want to be that person who like Matt's, you know, who who puts like a, a million bajillion dollars on it to win like five bucks, then you lose, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I totally forgot the Oscars were this week, to be honest. Um, just with my schedule of covering a lot of college basketball coming up here. And I know Devin's busy with his job. It's uh kind of forget. And like I said, this, this month for movies and shows, we, we will try to keep up, but no, I have not seen cocaine bear. We'll give Adam's review. Didn't like it. Yeah, I, and the funny thing is, is like, I feel like he wanted to like it going into this, but I'm not surprised he didn't like it. Well, the thing is the, the one thing I've heard from cocaine bear is I don't think it's what people 
wanted it to be or thought it would be. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I saw Knock at the Cabin. Cool. It was boring. It was fine, but boring. Batista's great in it. It's the problem with that. I guess I'll, I'll give more time because I don't want to spoil it. But there's a there's a problem with it being an M. Shyamalan movie that that oh, yeah. makes the movie a problem. There's always got to be a twist. There is no twist, though. That's the problem. There is no twist. You can't tell me that there's no twist. That is the twist, then. <laughs> That's the twist. There is no twist. Ah, oh, sure. Um, so, and then uh, this movie, like I said, we have so we have Lasso coming out. We have Yellow Jackets coming out. We have Succession coming out. We had Cocaine Bear come out. Creed came out to its biggest box office ever. Stallone is pissed off. We have Scream coming out. We have John Wick coming out. And then we have Mario coming out. And then, yeah, it's it's going to be nuts. There's a lot of pop culture stuff coming here. And we'll get to it in April. We'll get to it when we get to it another time. Uh, thanks to Devin. Like I said, next week, tentatively, the plan is the season finale of Last of Us. Nothing for... The Lasso premiere or the Mando premiere. Those will have to wait. Okay. Okay. Until next time, folks. Cheers and enjoy the day. Bye.